Hi, I'm Lourdes Ortiz. This is the Unveil the Leader podcast. We all know a successful leader, someone that we admire and respect. Maybe you are a leader. And if you are, what kind of leader are you? Find out what moves you to do what you do and what stops you. Let's get started. Welcome to our Leadership Podcast with your host, Lourdes Ortiz. Do you know what it takes to succeed as an immigrant in this country? Today, we're going to find out what it takes for, for someone that comes to this country without speaking the language, without having anything in his hands, and to make a successful experience. Let's find out what it takes. We have a special guest, Richard Villa. He's a bilingual English and Spanish mechanical engineer who at the age of 20 years old began doing stand-up comedy. He has had appearances on Netflix, HBO, Televisa, Calavision, TV Azteca, and more. He has performed with Luis de Alba, Gabriel Iglesias, Franco Escamilla, and Russell Peters. He also conducts workshops on safety in the workplace, leadership, and sexual harassment prevention. With his background as mechanical engineer, his bilingual skills, his interest in safety in the workplace, and his passion for comedy gives him a unique set of attributes to be an effective communicator. He connects with audiences of all cultures and ages. His personality and sense of humor allows him to say what needs to be said in a manner that resonates in the audience's minds. Wow, Lourdes! Thank you very much! Welcome, Richard! How are you? How are you? I am so happy that you are joining us for this podcast. What a great intro. I almost started going, who's this guy? Wow. Yeah. Well, that's yeah. you. Yeah. And you know, you have a unique background. Yeah, 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 yeah. And, and that's why I'm so excited to hear what you have to say. And I'm sure our audience wants to know, what does it take to succeed in this country? Passion. But, there are many uh, ideas mm -hmm. and many reasons why we don't succeed. Yes. But you have understand, you have had the opportunity to work with cultures of all countries, uh, levels, ages, religions. I'm sure you have a good idea of what it takes to succeed in this country. Let's start with this. In your opinion, mm -hmm. what do you need to succeed in the United States? First, you need to get here. <laughs> this is where you're going <laughs> to succeed. Uh, but second is, you. I, I said it in the beginning, it's passion. It's, it's why are you here? And I know it sounds kind of corny maybe because Violin says, ¿A qué vinimos? A triunfar. And I love the fact that he says that on the radio every day. ¿A qué vinimos, raza? A triunfar. We tend to lose our focus. I think we, as, as immigrants, we come... And I've seen it millions of times with friends, with families, is we get here and it's a new world. 
and and we want to adapt or we want to be like the Joneses or el compadre compró camioneta nueva so now I have to buy a camioneta nueva and that's not the point that's not the reason you're here it's not to buy a nice truck it's to build a family to to give your children a better opportunity and that's really what they all say I came here to give my children a better life but you're not giving your child a better life if you drink every weekend you're not you understand you're not giving your children a better life if you're doing drugs if you're committing crimes if you're you know if if you're buying stuff that you shouldn't be buying you know what I mean and that's where I think we lose our focus we want to be like every other Latino in here you know most poor people buy stuff rich people don't I see where, where you're coming from. You are right. We get distracted. We get distracted. By the moment. Yes. We want to get whatever we want today. Yes. We want immediate satisfaction. Right. And and it's tough. It's you there's this is the land of sacrifice. Yes, you're right. And you know, I remember when uh, I was uh, about to apply for my first job. Mm -hmm. I asked my dad. I said that I have a job opportunity. Mm -hmm. I am going to have an interview. Mm -hmm. I'm filling out my application. How much do you think I should ask them to pay me? And he says, he looks at me straight in the eyes, and he said, Lourdes, first of all, pay them to hire you, and then do what they tell you. I go, really? I should be telling them how much to pay me after all this work I have done in preparing myself in the education? He said, no, it doesn't work that way. You have to prove that you know what you're talking about. You have to demonstrate what you can do. Show them the value and they will take care of you. Mm -hmm. I was surprised to hear that. Mm -hmm. I didn't expect that from my dad. Mm -hmm. But in reality, it is the truth. Uh -huh. Sometimes we expect these uh, ideas and have this concept, and we don't want to make the effort. Yes, and that is something that, and this is honest truth, and, and millennials here and millennials in Mexico are still millennials. And, and when we're talking about millennials, is these kids that come in and say, a lot of these young kids are coming out saying, I should be making this much. I went to college. Right. That's not enough anymore. You're going to college, nobody's going to give you anything. I don't think Latinos come to this country expecting to get something. I think they come with that mentality that you just said. I'm going to come work hard and, 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 and make them understand that I'm worth this. The problem is we lose our focus. Once you're in the United States, we all come in. Every immigrant, as I see it, and this is just my opinion, we all come in with the best intentions to come and get and, and create a better life for our families. But I think then we lose our focus. Right. And I think if, if you're an immigrant listening to this podcast or you're somebody that, that came into this country and you had to basically go through the system, become a citizen, become a resident, you understand what I'm saying. You come to this country and you lose focus on what you really want to do. And, and we stay in a, what do you call it, like in a permanent pause. You'll get a, a, a nine to five job and then you want to stay there. No queremos trabajar. We don't want to put in extra hours now. We don't want to even learn English. That's one of the biggest problems is why do we limit ourselves? If we came to a country, let's learn the language. 
There's nothing wrong with learning English, guys. But it takes effort. But what happens? We lose our focus. We start looking at telenovelas now. Vamos con el compadre. Let's go barbecue. Let's do that. Let's be honest. We, are, we don't want to grow as individuals. I think as, as individuals, you have to have that in you. That you want to grow. That you want to take the initiative to learn English. Right. So, so far we have watch our expenses. Mm-hmm. Number two is learn. Learn the language. Grow. Learn the language. It, okay. Not only, don't stop just by learning the language. What else can you do? See, people that come to the industry, so people that are working at a company, if you're working at a cardboard company, let's say, okay, you're just an immigrant and you got there and you have your fake paperwork in. You start working and you want to you wanna make yourself indispensable. Do you understand? Indispensable, when you're indispensable or undeniable, undeniable is the word. When you're undeniable, they How? What do you mean? How can I make myself indispensable? Indispensable and undeniable means my company is a hundred times better with you in it than with you gone. If I lose you, it's going to hurt. That doesn't mean that nobody's replaceable. It's just, it's really going to be tough. And you're the last person I'm ever going to let go. So does that mean I should not share my knowledge with my coworkers? No, on the contrary. I think what you do is you make everybody grow around you. Remember, without you, I, my company can't survive. That includes everybody in the company, meaning you are now a leader. You, I see what you're saying. So what you are uh, suggesting is that if I teach somebody else, then I can learn something new. Of course. We all become masters of our trade by teaching. You understand? Okay. We, we tend to forget This is how we passed on our knowledge. A blacksmith would hire an apprentice. You know how much the apprentice got? Nothing. And he would beg the blacksmith to just let me shadow you. Let me just help you with no pay for years. But what makes a good leader is knowing and understanding that my apprentice one day has to grow and become his own blacksmith. You're right. Do you understand? That makes a good leader. So if you're in a manager situation, in a position, and you're not helping anybody up in the ladder, then you're not a good leader. You're a dictator. You want to stay on top and not let anybody grow. On the contrary, if you let people grow around you, people will gravitate to you. Your own boss and your company will then say, I can trust him to lead this ship and not be selfish. Because I see it in his actions. He's literally brought everybody up around him. How many of these immigrants and these companies encourage their other co-workers to learn English? How easy would it be for them, instead of sitting down and playing soccer on Sundays, they take Monday nights and they all go to a night school and learn how to speak English? They can do it as friends. They can do it as a community. But at least start engaging them and tell them, hey, we should grow as a, as a, as a community, guys. But instead, we'll focus on una carne asada, let's go have a good time and all that. And I understand there's moments for that, but we also have to give... You know, moments so we can grow as, as a race, as, as immigrants in this country. So that means if I teach somebody else and this person becomes better than I am at this skill, that means it's in my favor? You, it, it, we never stop growing. It's up to you to stop growing. He is not better than you. Remember, you taught him. You still have years of experience that he has to live through. Don't ever look at it as this person is better than me. 
No, he'll never super, uh, oversee the master because you'll still have more years of experience. So that means I can train somebody else. Of course. Somebody else. Don't then ever I become be scared. the master trainer. Yes, you become the master trainer. You should never look to the sides. You understand? You, you ever seen the Olympic swimmers, uh, Michael Phelps, when he won all those gold medals? Tell me about it. There's the Olympic swimmers. They race. Okay. The pools. And Michael Phelps is competing in the Olympics. Well, the second place they got the silver was caught on a photo looking to the side, looking at Michael Phelps. Michael Phelps was just straight looking forward. We don't look to the sides, guys. We look to the front. We shouldn't be looking what he has, what he has, what he has. He did it how he did it. You do it how you do it. But I'm telling you, it's not going to be free and it's not going to be easy. You have to work hard for it. What do you sacrifice? Because let's be honest. We came to this country to sacrifice. If I wanted to chill and be with my friends and drink beer, I could do that in Mexico. I can be poor in Mexico. I don't need to be poor in the United States. What did I come to this country for? I came to sacrifice. I came to grow. I came to build. If I wanted to drink beer and play soccer on the weekends and that's all I wanted to do and be poor, I could have done that in Mexico. Right. And if you want to lie to yourself and you want to sit there and I don't have time, that is a lie. We always have time. So focus on your goals. Of course. And leave the rest alone. Exactly. Don't look to the sides. Don't be jealous of your fellow co-worker. If people know that you're a positive person, people want to be around you. So that means if I am being disciplined, but not my co-worker. I should not be looking at what's happening with my co-worker. I should not be looking at what's happening with my neighbors. Mm -hmm. I should take that discipline as an opportunity to grow. Is that the case? You should look in the mirror and go, what is he doing that I'm not doing? What should I improve on? It's not somebody else's problem. It's your problem. And you really got to be honest with yourself. Is it because... He is better qualified, or is it because he's a better friend? And whatever that reason is, it doesn't concern you. You focus on you. You keep growing as an individual, and people will notice. And, you know, I noticed that it's so frequent where we have opportunities to grow, but we are so focused on what my neighbor is doing. How come he didn't get the discipline that I got? How come I didn't, I, he got an increase? bigger than mine yeah right. and, and that takes away our sleep our interest in the job when we should really be focused on ourselves and what i can do to take the next step let me ask the, in the audience that are listening to this do you really even if you're a plate or even if you you know uh, you manufacture cardboard or you make dog food how much time do you spend learning your craft how much more time do you dedicate to learning your job? How in-depth do you get? And I'll tell you why I'm telling you this. When I started doing safety, I came as a newbie. I had a, a background in mechanical engineering. I knew about OSHA regulations. I knew about these things, but very vague. When Joe Stevens offers me the job as a presenter for safety meetings, he never told me you should study up. He gave me a sheet and he said, learn what what this, the, the class is going to be in, let me see how you present it. And I presented it really well, and he was like, I'm very impressed, great job. I can, I'm an actor. I can act like I know what I'm doing. But for me, it wasn't enough. 
I told Joe, I want to be the best at this. If I can be the best at anything, I want to be the best at this. And to be the best, I have to study. And Joe does not tell me what to do. I go home, I open up my computer, and I research. And I learned. And I learned smart facts that I know will communicate great with the audience that I'm presenting this to. And the more knowledge I gain, the better I'm going to be at my job. And nobody's forcing me to learn. I take it upon myself to really learn what I'm teaching. Because I want to grow as an individual. Do you understand? So that's what I'm trying to preach to all of you guys. If you are wherever you are in your job, learn. Just learn. It doesn't hurt you to learn. If tomorrow they fire you from that job, you're the best at cardboard. You're the best at whatever it is. So when you go to another company and they ask you a question, they go, where did this gem come from? Where did this you know, fountain of knowledge come from? It fell from the sky. We love you. I can't believe you're, you've been applying to our company. You're so knowledgeable. But you took the time to be the best. And sometimes we don't do that. We'd rather be lazy. You're right. I, I guess what happens is we have other priorities. Yes. And that is the watch TV or la novela or probably the cell phone nowadays, yes. Facebook. And that is being so distracting. Yes. Now, because of that, we are losing our focus and we are getting lost. So we have reviewed so far watch our expenses, learn a new skill, help others bring up the ladder, and focus on our goals. Yes. I think those are excellent tips, practical and to the Mm -hmm. point. So tell me about you, Richard. What did it take to you to become who you are today? Uh, My parents. My parents were very hardworking, but they weren't very smart. They, you got to understand, I come from a, a background of immigrant parents where the highest education they, they achieved was sixth grade. Third, that's my mom. That's the smartest. She, she got to the sixth grade. My dad got to the third grade. That's it. Could barely read and write both. But the work ethic was there. And, and my dad really, really really focused on making sure that we knew you have to work hard. That's how you're going to make it. And I would try to explain to my parents, you, but you also can work smart. You understand? There's so many opportunities in this country that we could take advantage of, but we're not. And sometimes as, when we were young kids, I could see my parents being misguided by other vultures. There's people, guys, there's predators in this country that take advantage of immigrants. And you have to be aware of this. There's people that are going to scam you out of your house. And, and that's exactly what happened to my parents. For example, I'll tell you the story of what happened in the house in Compton. Okay. My dad bought a house in Compton. This is our first home in the United States. I remember I was eight years old, nine years old. And, uh, I remember that it was a fraud. It was a fraud that somebody had sold the deed to my dad. And now my dad's entire life savings went into this home. We were kids, but we knew that something was wrong. We just couldn't help him. We didn't know any of this. And he ended up losing that house. We paid it for like two years. And then the sheriffs came one day and dragged us out of that house. Unbelievable. And they kicked us out and we were homeless. We spent the night in a Motel 6. The next day, my dad was just running around asking people for money so we can go live somewhere. And it was devastating because they took all of my dad's savings and they took advantage of it. 
and 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 I didn't know what to do. I mean, at, at the end of the day, I was, I mean, we did move out, but it was it was so devastating to see that the sheriffs come in. My mom wouldn't let us um, come out of the house, and they literally pepper sprayed my mom in the face, dragged her out of the house. My dad rushes Sorry. home from rushes home from the from the what do you call it? Rushes home from from work. But this is really what... Oh, sorry. Scratch my face. This is really what happened to us. My dad lost the home because he wasn't aware of the laws. He wasn't aware of, of what was real and what was not. And people are going to take advantage of you. So please, before you sign any contract, before you decide to do anything, make sure you get the proper counsel. We have this thing as Latinos. We want to save a little bit of money. Nos da vergüenza. We're a little embarrassed. I'm not going to ask. Guys, ask. Don't ever sign a contract. Don't ever go into a commitment that big without really doing your homework. Right, especially nowadays that you have phone calls, you have emails yes. saying uh, if you put your money here, you are going to multiply your money and you're going to be able to help your kids go through college and education. Mm -hmm. And what happens at the end, all of that is fraud. It, all of that is fraud. And people lose their life savings. So, as we got older, we understood, me and my older brother, we had to step in and help our parents. We understood that that was just our job. And you were eight years old at that I time. I was eight years old at the time when all of this happened, when they bought the home. When we got kicked out, I was 11 or 12 years old. We got kicked out of this home homeless. We were homeless at that age with no money. And we realized at that moment, we, me and my brother said, we, we should help them out. We should read what they're, we would tell them, give me your papers. I need to read what you're signing, Dad. So what uh, was your first job? My first job? My first job here was at a car wash at 13, making $20 an hour, working 12-hour days. Well, that was an outstanding pay rate. No, 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 no I'm sorry. $12, not an hour, a day, I'm sorry. I mean, $20 a day, I'm sorry. $20 a day. Okay. I was 13 years old, and I would vacuum cars in South Central LA. That's where we moved from Compton to South Central. My mom and my dad finally bought another home. We saved up enough money, and we ended up living in South Central LA. These are the worst neighborhoods in California. And, and I asked my dad, why was he very tough with us? And he says, because I didn't know how to protect you. And all I can do is hold on to you with two hands. He says, if I let you go... I'm not smart enough to know how to bring you back. And I would rather just hold on to you guys and be really strict with you guys and not let you out and not let you get your own haircuts and, and be aware of what you're dressing like. If I wore baggy pants, my dad would get on my case. If I wanted to shave my head, my dad would go, don't you dare. While you live in my house. But he would confront me. And, and, and our relationship took a beating because we took resentment towards him. But at the end of the day, my dad said, I'm sorry, but that's the only way I knew how. And I didn't want to lose you guys to the streets. And if that means you hate me, then you can hate me, but look at you now. At least you went to school. And I was like, wow, he knew there was resentment there and he was willing to be hated from me as long as I was going to be okay at the end. So when you look back, what memories does that bring you? Well, it brings joy because I understand he sacrificed even my love for him. He said, I'd rather him hate me, but he will be successful. So now you have a daughter. Yes. What are you looking forward to 
be able to pass on into the next generation from your parents? With my parents, there was so much insecurity because when you tell your parents and you're making 80000 a year as an engineer and you tell them, I'm going to quit to become a comedian, and they look at you with a face of disappointment like, wow, did we sneak into this country, risk our lives, work so hard so you go, go tell jokes and die of a poor man's death? Because they never thought this could ever happen. This is just dreams to them. Now that I have a daughter, I'm going to let her know that the sky's the limit, that I believe in her and whatever she wants to do, whatever she dedicates to it, whatever it is, whatever makes her happy. Whatever is our passion, and I'm going to support that 100%. So live your passion. Yes, live your one. passion. How could you call it work when every day is an adventure, when every day is what you wanted to do in life? You're right. So we all have attributes. We all have qualities and talents that makes us unique. Yes, find that in Just you. Just like you did. Yes. So whether it's washing cars, whether it's doing comedy, whether it's... Uh, being the best uh, mechanic, mm -hmm. whatever the case is, do the best yes. at what you do. Learn from your experiences, mm -hmm. learn a, a skill, focus on your goals, watch your expenses, and bring others along with you. Yes. And the success will take place. Be undeniable. Be, Be undeniable. undeniable. Meaning nobody can deny you. You so, are undeniable. Let's be undeniable. Yes. Thank you, Richard, for joining Thank us. Thank you very much, Lourdes. I hope this helps. Thank you very much. It's been a pleasure, and I'm sure our audience also will benefit from this. We'll see you at the next one. Thank you for listening. If you like this episode, please leave us a review. And make sure you subscribe to our show. If you want to know more about Unveil the Leader, Send us an email, lourdesortizspeaks at gmail.com and join us for our next episode.